Welcome back to this Thursday episode of Locked On Bears, brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. As always, I'm your host, Lauren Cox from Pro Football Focus and USA Today's BearsWire.com, and I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears talk on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Today we are going to start grading the Chicago Bears at the halfway point of the season. We will be splitting this up between two podcasts today, going through the offense position by position, giving an in-depth grade at every position, sort of relative to that position and the situation that that position has been through. And then of course tomorrow we will touch on defense and special teams, so make sure you stick around for that one. But I also want to make sure you check out another show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NFL Draft. It's hosted by John Ledyard and Trevor Sykema, two people who have been guests here on Locked On Bears. John to preview the Steelers game and Trevor to preview the Buccaneers game. You've heard them on here. You know firsthand that they are excellent football analysts and they talk all things NFL Draft over on Locked on NFL Draft, and actually on Wednesday's show for them, Trevor was unable to make it, so John was joined by Paige Demakos from FanRag Sports, and they talked a lot about Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears rookie draft class. They really spent the first half plus of their show going through Trubisky and how to sort of evaluate him through this first half of the season, along with Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen in a, a sort of surprising effort from this Bears rookie class, so I highly recommend you check out Locked On NFL Draft on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all of your podcast listening services, and also at LockedOnNFLDraft.com. But before you go listen to them talk about Mitch Trubisky, keep it here as we grade Mitchell Trubisky and the quarterback position here through the first half, the first eight games of the season before the Chicago Bears bye week. And, you know, we went through some grades at the quarter mark. And so I want to, for this position only, I want to take Mike Glennon out of the occasion. You know, for every other position, I'm going to grade them as a whole, you know, including every player and looking at the entire full season. But for quarterback specifically, I want to keep this grade purely to Mitchell Trubisky. And obviously that would only include the last four games of the of the first half of the season here. And so... I'm going to give Mitchell Trubisky's first half of the year a B- minus for the quarterback position. And I, I, I struggled with this one a little bit because we've seen the highs and the lows. You know, there, there were the, the play in overtime against the Baltimore Ravens on third and 11. The Bears needed a first down to keep the drive alive, to put the team in field position, in field goal position, and win the game in overtime. And Trubisky steps up under pressure, jump throws, very difficult play to make, and he makes those plays. And he, you know, he gets the 70-yard bomb to Tariq Cohen against the Carolina Panthers. You know, he's finding open receivers downfield for the big-time throws. That's probably trademarked by PFF. And PFF Steve, he likes to talk about the big-time throws. But Trubisky has made some big-time throws this season. But he's also made, you know, the lows. There was, you know, his first game against the Minnesota Vikings, a couple of interceptions down in the fourth quarter. Kind of dials it back a little bit in the games that follow and, trying to not do too much. And certainly the Carolina Panthers game, he attempts seven passes. So it's hard to to glean a lot from that. But then against the Saints, we talked about it all week earlier on this week of Lockdown Bears. There's some struggles in the fourth quarter there. 
some trying to do too much again, maybe missing some open receivers that he had downfield, not you know both not seeing them because of the offensive line and also just not throwing accurate passes a few different times in that fourth quarter. A couple of throws that probably should have been intercepted before ultimately his last throw of the game that was intercepted. You just kind of end up getting these highs and lows from Mitchell Trubisky, and so it's hard to get too favorable with the grade. But at the same time, you know, you have to take a step back and, and put it into perspective here. He is a rookie quarterback making his first four starts of his NFL career, thrown into the fire a little bit in a, a difficult first half of the season with an offense around him that isn't necessarily ideal in terms of taking the pressure off and not asking your rookie quarterback to do too much. And obviously they've been able to get two wins out of that, now two and two under Mitchell Trubisky, but I think we can get a little bit carried away with just how difficult, or I guess forgetting how difficult it is for a rookie quarterback to step into the situation that Mitchell has and to be able to do some of the things he's done. You know, we keep hearing about how great Deshaun Watson has been in Houston, and maybe that's been a little bit overblown, but regardless, rookie quarterbacks in the modern NFL get a lot of these expectations and get a lot of hype. And a lot of them have, or some of them, you know, early Carson Wentz have come out and done some very big and explosive things and gotten a lot of hype and and, and deservedly so. But that's not necessarily the typical rookie quarterback experience. And I think that's sort of the context and the frame here that you have to put Mitchell Trubisky's rookie year in. I mean, he wasn't able to prepare as the starter throughout training camp. He wasn't given an opportunity to compete to be the starting quarterback. I mean, he was getting reps with the third team through August. You know, that's not preparing him to then turn around in week four to take over in the starting lineup and run the full Chicago Bears offense. And it wasn't as though he's had necessarily great quarterbacks to be sitting behind and learning from. And then you also just take in account the fact that he only started 13 games in college, only that one year of experience under his belt. That doesn't necessarily excuse him for poor performances that he has or or poor throws that he's made this year, but it all just applies to the context of evaluating this young quarterback. And that's sort of how we try and do it here on Lockdown Bears, the only daily Chicago Bears podcast. We keep it real here. We're not going to get too in on the the fan love of Mitchell Trubisky can do no wrong, and we're not going to get too over-the-top critical of every little thing he does, but we try and keep it real here with some objective analysis, and that's what separates us from the pack here on Lockdown Bears. You can separate yourself from the pack with the help of Lockdown Bears when you check out mybookie.ag. MyBookie is an online sportsbook that actually just put out a brand new mobile site. They make it really easy to bet from your smartphone wherever you are. You combine that with their reliable reputation because they've been in this business for so many years, and MyBookie becomes just an all-around great betting experience. And that betting experience is even better thanks to Lockdown Bears. If you sign up at MyBookie and use the promo code LOCKEDON, it's all lowercase, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on. You will get up to a 100% match on your first deposit so you can start playing and winning. Plus, they have so many different ways to do it. They've got live and in-game betting 
on top of the usual spread picks and the over-under. So there's a bunch of different ways that you can start winning with MyBookie. And once that starts, you get your money back very quickly. They get you turned around in just two business days. So use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up at MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. One of the biggest keys to really all three of the Bears' wins this season has been the running back position, and that's where we go next with our positional grades here. And it's not always an easy position to evaluate because they're affected a lot by that offensive line, but I I find myself giving this group generally a B, and I I leaned far enough to say B+, but it's been it's been difficult just because of sort of how this offense works. I mean, Jordan Howard clearly not having the phenomenal breakout season he had last year, but I don't think you can expect him to repeat that level of production two years in a row, especially when he's banged up early in the season. That's sort of the storyline at this position that's gotten forgotten is that, you know, like week two versus Tampa Bay, that shoulder injury kept taking him out of the lineup and they, you know, he just wasn't running at 100%, seems to be going full speed or at least close to it at this point in the season. But, you know, one way or another, they've been able to count on him for the most part. You know, there have been a few games where the yards per carry average dips a lot closer to three and, you know, even sub three than you'd like to see. But you kind of know that the offense lives and dies through him, you know, especially when the quarterback position early on wasn't able to raised the bar and for the most part he's gotten the job done and then you pair that with Tariq Cohen who so you know came out so strong early on against the the Falcons was sort of this secret weapon unveiled but as that secret weapon became more of a known weapon his production has certainly dropped off he hasn't been very productive at all as a runner in the last few games and playing a lot of wide receiver still a consistent playmaker on this team win the balls in his hands, but leaving you maybe wanting a little bit more after the first start. So I, I find myself hanging around this B area just because, you know, they haven't been able to do it all. But at the same time, there's been a lot of nine and eight men boxes stacked up against them and some predictability from this offense in terms of when they're running the ball and when the ball is going to Tariq Cohen when he's on the field and teams have been able to play them and, and be ahead of the game in terms of stopping what Jordan Howard has been able to do this season. And so even though their numbers might not be super impressive, especially compared to last year, this is still a running backs group that is doing a lot and carrying a lot of the load for this offense. And so that's why I I still keep them in this B, B plus area, but just a little bit short of the A. You know, Cohen has dropped off a little bit and Howard, it's been a lot of these two- and three-yard runs that are boosted by the 50-yard runs that bring that average up, and it's not quite the same consistent 4-5 a carry. It's more the two threes with the big breakaways to sort of bring it up a little bit and just not quite up to perhaps the A level that we saw last year, but still a, a very important and consistent running game that has largely had to carry this offense and done a decent job of it, all things considered. The tight end position has been forced to carry this offense in the passing game, at least via Zach Miller. It kind of feels like he has been the go-to target here for Mitchell Trubisky, especially with all the injuries and the inconsistency at the wide receiver position, which we'll get to in a minute here. But I think on the whole, 
the tight end position is such a mixed bag because Zach Miller, versatile weapon, plays a lot in the slot, motions him out wide, can also play him in line and a little bit in the backfield, just was doing everything for this offense. And really, I thought he's been more consistent as a blocker at the same time. But again, even you just glance at the stats. I'm not a I'm not a stat scout. I'm not a big fan of, you know, box scores to tell the stories, but you know, he's not lighting up the NFL in terms of receiving yards and catches and touchdowns and all that. And and that comes back to sort of the constraints here of this offense. You know, he he's made some important catches and he's made some nice plays when the ball comes his way. The ball just hasn't consistently been able to go his way, and so that's why he's held back a little bit. I mean, he's still the third leading receiver behind Kendall Wright and Tariq Cohen, and he's the only player on this team with two touchdowns, should have had three, and if that touchdown pass against the New Orleans Saints stands, the last play of Zach Miller's season, it would have jumped him up to be the leading yards and touchdowns player on this team, not quite up there, and catches Tariq Cohen still at the forefront there, but Miller has been the consistent go-to weapon in the passing game throughout the season, and only as the offense has fluctuated has his production fluctuated, and so that's why he he might be playing better than the numbers say, and he is what brings this tight end group up to a B minus for me because Deion Sims just has not been very good at all. I mean, inconsistent blocking, and really you know you really notice the bad ones and the really good run blocks in particular are hard to find. You know, he'll make a couple nice plays against defensive backs. When a safety comes up, he can get his hands on him and move him around a little bit. But when it's a linebacker or is it, or a defensive lineman up on the line of scrimmage, Deion Sims has had some real troubles generating much push at all in the run blocking. And he's been okay in pass protection, but they haven't done that a ton with him. And then it kind of leaves you in the receiving game, not really offering a lot there. And again, maybe in a more high-powered passing offense, you put him in New Orleans, maybe he is picking up more consistent receiving yards, but, you know, so I'm not going to hold his production there too much against him, but just sort of generally speaking, not getting a lot of high-quality performances from Deion Sims, and then you, you put the third one in there in Adam Shaheen, he's a project, and maybe he's been a little bit disappointing as a second-round pick this year, but He's only played, you know, so many snaps, and he hasn't been a, a huge part of this offense, only 104 snaps on the season, so I'm not, you know, his performance isn't weighing too heavily in this tight end positional grade, but I find myself coming back to about a B- minus here, you know, not that, you know, Zach Miller has done a lot of good things, but he's not carrying the offense like a, a truly dominant tight end, he's just been a very good, consistent weapon, Deion Sims not so much, and so the, sort of the context of the situation brings them maybe up to a B minus. Where maybe on the outside you look at this group from afar, and where they're not producing at impressive levels, but they're still you know getting the job done. So that's about a B minus in spite of everything else on this offense. The tight ends have had to produce more in this offense, or at least more in terms of what percentage of of the load they are shouldering, simply because of the disappointment at the wide receiver position, and maybe that's putting it a little bit lightly. I I give the wide receivers a D as a group, and I think, you know, everyone's quick to give them an F, and maybe maybe I should make it a D minus, but I'm not ready to give this group an F. You know, they're not good by any stretch of the terms, but for me, it's a little bit of what they have versus what they're actually getting. You know, I think this is a group when you look at it, 
I mean, they should be getting nothing. I mean, from Tanner Gentry and Trey McBride, bottom of the roster guys, and this offense, the wide receiver position, they're starting to they're starting to get more here. You know, there are plays with open receivers. I talked about it on my Wednesday show, going through the All 22 film from the Saints game. Down the stretch in the fourth quarter, there are open receivers downfield. It's starting to click in that sense, and the ball just isn't necessarily getting there. And you're starting to see now things open up. You know, early on, there were some constraints here in terms of the offense just not throwing the ball downfield, certainly with Mike Glennon for the first four games. But early in Trubisky's starting career here, they were taking the pressure off with a lot of these predetermined quick throws that are easier for the defense to key in on and defend. But versus the Saints here, things started to turn a corner. And I think this game can prove to be a turning point for this offense. As as Mitch Trubisky got to run more of a big boy offense, you see Trey McBride gets, I think, 93 yards in that game. That's close to a 100-yard game from a no-name receiver. And Kendall Wright has broken 50 yards more than a couple times this season. They have talent at the wide receiver position. They can make plays. And, and to me, that's what keeps them above an F. You know, I think like individually, a Tanner Gentry gets an F because he has just been unable to separate and, and produce at the wide receiver position. And Marcus Wheaton gets an F because he can't stay healthy. And when he's been on the field, he has not been able to produce. But generally as a whole, the group, you know, Kendall Wright and Trey McBride, there is some wide receiver talent there. That brings that group up from an F to a D for me. Nothing to write home about. Not even saying they're a good wide receiver group, but just they're not the scapegoat to all of the Chicago Bears' problems. I think the offensive line deserves its fair share of some of the blame, and I'm going to break the offensive line up here a little bit more positional by positional, and I want to start with offensive tackle because, you know, Charles Leno and Bobby Massey, as much as there's some inconsistency there, they have been the guys on the field for every snap this season. I mean, you're seeing these guys at least give you the the ability of availability, and so I, I give this position overall a C, and, you know, they are kind of what they are, but I think Charles Leno this season has been a little bit better than he gets credit for. I think he's been largely an average left tackle and maybe better at run blocking than he has been in years past, but maybe the sort of that bar the ex- of what an average left tackle is in the NFL nowadays is a little bit lower than it was 5, 10 years ago just because the, the quality of offensive line play across the board seems to be going down. So, you know, he, he's doing his usual in pass protection. I always describe Charles Leno as a player who he's never going to get beat for three sacks in the same game, but he's almost never going to have the game where he is perfectly clean in pass protection. I know this season sort of been up and down from him and really up and down from Bobby Massey, but at least with Massey, you compare it to last year when he was just horrible to start the season, and, and he's been better than that. You know, you compare the first game, first eight games from last year to the first eight games from this year, you're getting a better Bobby Massey. It's not a good right tackle, but it's not a terrible right tackle. Really some up and down performances where he'll just be really awful in some games and other games here he's been, you know, he's been able to calm it down a little bit and just be a little bit more consistent. thought he was fine against Carolina, but like the Minnesota game, going up against Everson Griffin and, and Dan, more Danell Hunter on that side of the offense. Not a great game for him. So there's just sort of some up and downs with him. And, and altogether, I think you can live with these offensive tackles, but you want to do better at both positions. And so that kind of leaves them at a C for me. 
not getting too excited and, and maybe a little bit more positive about Charles Leno than Bobby Massey, which is maybe kind of what you expected heading into the season. The guards, on the other hand, is a position that has not met expectations. I think people get caught up in the names and Josh Sitton and Kyle Long. These are Those are players with a track record of high-quality play, but this has been a down year for both of them. And I'm going to give the guard position here a C-plus grade as a whole. You know, Kyle Long has been hurt, and so I understand that. He was a little bit slow coming back, but Tom Compton filling in for him has been awful. It was maybe a little bit better earlier in the season, but against the New Orleans Saints, he was just a, a total liability on the interior of the line, really not holding up much at all for Mitchell Trubisky. And Josh Sitton, you know, not not a bad year in any sense of the word, but a down year for him. You know, he's not playing at a Pro Bowl level this year. You know, especially in pass protection across the board, you're seeing this interior, and specifically the guard position for this grade, not give you the same consistency you've seen in years past. I think they've been reliable in run blocking. Even Tom Compton, I think, has been a little bit better in that area, but he definitely drags this grade down for the time he has been on the field. And just kind of overall... There's some expectation here that Kyle Long and Josh Sitton are supposed to be these lockdown guards, and they've just been less than locked down this season. And so that puts them at a C-plus for me. But I, I also want to consider, too, that you know one of the overlooked um, storylines for this group, you might recall this preseason, the Bears moved them. They flipped them. So Kyle Long was playing left guard for the first time, and Josh Sitton was playing right guard for the first time. And then the injuries happened, and they start week one, and when they when they come back in the game, they're back at their original positions. And so that takes time. You know, they sort of lost that consistency of muscle memory and playing, you know, getting used to being right-handed. If you're playing right guard or playing left-handed at left guard, and you flip them back, and all of a sudden week one, Josh Sitton's sort of not learning a new position, but just sort of relearning a position that he hasn't been taking 100% of his reps of throughout the preseason, that can hold them back a little bit. But you still expect more solid play from these guards, and you have not quite gotten that. You know, I find myself wanting to bump up their grade to a B-, minus, but just think expectations versus reality here. It's been disappointing, and for me, that's a C-plus, you know, including Tom Compton dragging them down a little bit. Last but certainly not least is the perhaps the most important individual position on the offensive line, the center. And Cody Whitehair has definitely had a tale of two quarterbacks type of season because it really felt like when Mitchell Trubisky came in and started against the Vikings, a flip was kind of switched for Cody Whitehair. I don't know exactly what it was because it's not just as simple as, well, mobile quarterback versus statuesque quarterback because even his run blocking seems to have taken a nice step up, especially even in that Minnesota Vikings game. That was sort of just a, a big turning point for him to get some more consistency. And I know we've seen snap issues sort of throughout, but you can, you can kind of notice how that's disappeared a little bit, especially against the Saints. I don't specifically recall there being a, a bad snap that was at least enough to affect a play, maybe a slight here and there, a little bit to the side. But He's calming down in terms of his snaps, and he's holding up a lot more consistently in pass protection. The only problem is then, like Kyle Long, he gets hurt against the Saints, and you wonder how that's going to affect the offensive line moving forward. But he was really, really bad 
through the first four games. I think he was Pro Football Focus's lowest graded center through four games, and that really, for me, drags down his grade. And he hasn't been stellar since. You know, he's been better, but that gives him about a D plus on the season for me because clearly an F in the first four weeks, and I think he's working his way back up into the the C, the C range over the last four games, and that kind of equals out to a D plus. You know, he's still not great, but we're getting more of that consistency from down to down, and you're starting to see the arrow up. I mean, he's definitely, he's at a D plus now, but another couple good games bumps him up to a C minus, and he's working his way to having a much better season than it started off, and he, he sort of just reflects in the offensive line as a whole. I mean, I said offensive tackles at C, guard at C plus, center at D plus. You haven't been getting the pass protection for this young quarterback that the Bears have needed through his four starts, and just the group as a whole isn't necessarily meeting the expectations of a line that was supposed to be at least one of the better groups in the NFL. And Charles Leno and, and Josh Sitton might be your most consistent players on the line this year, and, and Kyle Long hasn't been up to his expectations. Cody Whitehair certainly not the guy that he looked like last year. And then, you know, Bobby Massey is Bobby Massey, but sort of just reflects on the offensive issues as a whole. Part of that is on the offensive line with the, with these sort of CD grades. Some of that's on the wide receivers at this D grade. And, you know, the, the B graded running backs and tight ends can only do so much when it's uh, 11 guys that have to do their job. And that just sort of is how this offense as a whole has come together this season. Tomorrow, we will talk about how the defense and the special teams have come together as a whole this season, all part of this bye week full of content we have coming your way on Locked On Bears, brought to you today by mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever podcast listening app or service you use. We should be on there and subscribe to make sure you keep up with all of our daily episodes. Also, make sure you are following me on Twitter at CoxSports1, and you can follow this podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. I know the bye week here, it can be a little bit tough to get through when there's no Chicago Bears football on Sundays, but I can assure you, the only way we're going to get through it is if we bear down. <laughs>